Is this going to be any better? You're good. Unbelievable. Welcome and thanks for joining us on the Super Byron Podcast. We're back with our 11th episode after a long winter break, and we have some transfer news to work through, a winter training camp to discuss, and of course, some games to look forward to. I'm Benjamin Scott, and I'm joined by the usual crew, Garrett Kerber. Hey, everybody. Tim Richards. Hello. And of course, Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi. Well, I hope you all enjoyed your holiday because the second half of the Bundesliga season begins on Friday. And before we get to Bayern's game against Hoffenheim, there are some big transfer rumors that we need to discuss, and I just want to dive right in. Uh, first of all, the one that's been taking up the news for probably the past two weeks, it's uh, Bayern's apparent interest in Chelsea winger, 18-year-old Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, as of now, Bayern haven't signed him yet, but they seem to be really close to completing a deal for about 35 million euros. Um, I mean, first and most obviously, that's quite a hefty fee for someone as young as Hudson-Odoi. So what do you guys think? Is he worth it? And I want to go to Tim first because I know he has a bit of insider information for us uh, about Hudson-Odoi. So is he worth that price tag for Bayern? I couldn't possibly give like an accurate saying. Um, However, I have like a very loose connection to uh, the former head of Chelsea's academy. Um, and having heard all of the rumours about Callum Hudson-Odoi, I, I asked this guy, what's he like? And this person who's since left the academy for various reasons said that he was very much looking forward to the time where he doesn't play for Chelsea, but instead makes it big at another club. Um, of what I've seen of him, he looks to have everything that a winger needs. He's very quick, he's very good with his feet, and very intelligent. Um, whether he's worth 35 million euros, that's a, that is a lot of money. There's a lot of money in general. That's a lot of buying money. Um, but I am all for this. I think this is a really exciting thing. It's a transfer that fans can get excited about after years of you know, free transfers of central midfielders, which, you know, to an extent are necessary transfers, but this is, I don't know, this can be seen as Bayern saying, okay, we're here now and we're going to start playing the same way that everybody else does. I like the, uh, I like that they're doing it. I mean, I like that they're taking a, taking a swing and, and um, rolling the dice a little bit here. And my, I, I think the best part about it is that, you know, Chelsea came out with this big number and was, we're like, we're not going to sell them unless you give us this much. And and I like that Byron has kind of stepped up to the table and said, all right, <laughs> we'll do it. And um, and kind of forcing them to, to kind of call them their bluff a little bit. And uh, so I, I, I've only watched... Uh, one or two matches that um, uh, CHO has played in, and um, and he's impressive. He's impressive for an 18, 18 years old. I think he is. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, definitely a lot to like there. And so I, I don't know that he's necessarily worth it. Uh, worth thirty five mill but i'm glad to see byron are doing it and i think that it, this is the type of this is the type of player that i'm willing to pay more for um if that's what's going to take to get him and i think that i think that he he will be a good player uh i don't know that he'll be everything that chelsea is trying to play him up to be and what byron fans are hoping he will be but um but i like it well surely you'd think for 35 million euros which is just you know that's barely below byron's record transfer fee surely they see something that makes them think you know wow this is someone that we have to have and then um hassan salihamidzic today and then uh, about a week ago has you know directly said yeah this is someone that we want this is someone we're interested in so surely there has to be something there but don't you think that price tag might be a little high for someone who's played 51 total minutes in the Premier League this season? So Sebastian, what do you think? You haven't shared your thoughts yet. 
it, it is surely a huge risk. Uh, we we need to we really need to face that. It's it's a huge risk. It's a gamble, but that's not necessarily the uh, the worst thing in the world. Sometimes you you can uh, try and gamble a little bit uh, if it fits your uh, overall uh, approach, basically. Uh, yeah, I think it's from a, from a pure standpoint of uh, what he's already done. You cannot really justify such a sum. Uh, but we all know that that the, the transfer market has been crazy for the last, I don't know, one and a half years, probably something like that. So yeah, I think you can really only judge judge, judge this uh, if you compare him to other players. Uh, if we see that uh, what we paid for for Sanchez, uh, Sanchez cost roughly in the same ballpark right now, but. Excluding bonuses, so uh, Sanchez could come much uh, much more expansive in the end. Uh, so doesn't make it sound so crazy after all. I think uh, what I hope what I hope is that they really have done their homework on him, uh, and that that's uh, where my yeah my skepticism comes in a little bit. Uh, they are very convinced, uh, and I hope that's due to. Uh, really doing their homework on him, really making sure he's the right guy, uh, properly scouting him, really being sure that he can do what they want him to do. Uh, I hope that's the case. I'm I'm not perfectly sure. Uh, yeah, why why am I not perfectly sure about that? Yeah, I'm I'm just not completely sure about Salihamidzic. Uh, we have been talking about that. It's really tough to judge uh, if he's doing a good job or not such a good job. Now there are these rumors about uh, about Mislintat probably com- coming to buy and that also yeah, is another yeah it, it gives us another hint as to what's going on there bottom line uh, although I'm not perfectly convinced I hope they get him now because everything else would be a bad signal I hope they sign him and they sign him now okay so you brought up something and you said um, you said that you hope they sign him now and that was gonna be my next question do you think this is a signature that Byron really need to push for in the winter because it kind of sounds like they could just wait um, maybe even till the summer or even next winter when they could possibly sign him for free um, we have you know five wingers in the squad now with Alfonso Davies who is another 18 year old kid just joining we have five wingers for the rest of the season. Um, we know Robin's leaving at the end of the season, and Ribery's probably going to follow. But do you think Hudson Adoy? Uh, we should really push for him right now instead of waiting and maybe getting him for a cheaper price or possibly even free. You know, six months, a year down the line. I think you run the risk. You run the the very distinct risk that he takes off, and um, and then thirty five looks like a like a bargain, um, especially given. That like we've talked about the for whatever reason um, English players are uh, premium given a you know they're given a boost in terms of, of what their value is and so um, I think that's the risk and and like I said I think that I think that Bayern typically take the safe route and they they play it very conservative in the transfer market and I'm not so. Sh- that's not a bad thing by any means, but I, I still think that when it comes to young players, um, I'm, I'm much more, I don't know how I want to say, I, I'd much rather them take, um, take a risk on a player like this that has shown flashes that is valuable to another big club. Um, and, uh, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Uh, but but they play they play it so conservative everywhere else uh, in the and in, in with all their other transfer moves. So one one big risk is not going to not going to break the club. And it's also, but it does have the potential to to really boost them back into um, the conversation of top clubs in the world um uh, on the pitch anyway so i i yeah i think that you could you could wait for him um and get him for much less but would you want him if he's going to come for much less um and if you could get him on a free then you're also kind of gambling in that regard because you're also 
gambling that things aren't going to change for him in terms of mindset. And now in a year, you know, you can get him for free, but now he wants to stay at Chelsea. So especially with an 18 year old, you never know. I mean, my mindset at 31 years old changes every, you know, few days. So I can't imagine for an 18 year old that's got the world at his fingertips. Building off of that, how how much do you think Jaden Sancho has played into Byron's interest in Hudson Adoy? Because um, we know he's been lighting the Bundesliga on fire this season for Borussia Dortmund, um, a young eighteen-year-old Englishman. If you go to transfer market, he's actually the most valuable player in Germany right now. Um, so, how much do you think Byron's missing out on Sancho about a year ago is playing into them really, really pushing for Hudson Adoy right now, uh, Sebastian? I think it definitely motivates them to go all in on him and pull the trigger as uh, fast as they can. Uh, but I don't think they are trying to do what uh, Dortmund has been doing because that's what uh, a lot of German football fans are talking about right now. They are just copying uh, what Dortmund has been doing. That's why they get an English guy. That's why he's roughly the same age, the same kind of player. And I think that's, yeah, that's nonsense. Uh, uh, wh- however, we we judge uh, Hassan's work. Uh, no, he, they are not going to be uh, as simple and as stupid as that. I think that's uh, really total nonsense. Um, but I but I think uh, definitely uh, Sancho has uh, got, uh, has been uh, responsible for his pr- price tag uh, getting so high so quickly. Um, when we, when we look at uh, how it went with him, he 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 went to Dortmund, I think, for eight million roughly, uh, and was worth like five back then, and now he's worth seventy million, and that was also basically half season. So, mm-hmm. if if uh, Hudson Odoi would play the rest of the season for Chelsea and would be very good, we could be we could really be looking at fifty million, sixty million, seventy million uh, for him in summer. So. Well, and yeah. the, and the flip side, on the flip side too, if you know, say say Bayern do get him, he comes over here and he just completely bombs, then you know that actually sets you up in the transfer market um, later if you want to bring in another young English player. Now all of a sudden you can point to that and say, hey, you know, we tried this, we went down this road before, and so we're not paying you know thirty five or you know maybe that brings that market back into a little bit more um of a balance and and so you're you're in a a spot where yeah obviously like we said it's a lot of money but if it works out then you're in really good shape you got a really valuable player but if it doesn't work out you might have already you know have moved the market as well um back to more reasonable numbers for uh for a player um like like hudson Adoy. Well, Tim, you are a London boy, and we know you have your finger on the pulse of English football. So, how highly rated is Hudson Adoy over there? Uh, in terms of like Chelsea Academy players, in terms of like young England players, he's like right at the top. Um, so, the Chelsea Academy is kind of renowned for being very, very good at creating talent with players like Nathan Ake, uh, less so Kevin De Bruyne because he was brought in but he was he was a young player um it's like nathan ake um cannot think of a single other player uh, lucas piazon all of these like quite talented players that chelsea kind of have almost as like leverage to be like okay we'll we'll send you out on loan but if you get somebody good then you can have them and like it's almost like bargaining chips um so i, th- I think that um had uh, of the quotes that we've seen from Hudson Odoi, he seems like a very level-headed person. He doesn't want to like he's he seems to understand. I won't get time here, but my my peers and my colleagues are getting time over there. This makes the most sense to me. He could sit on the bench and get a lot of money for for like being an eighteen-year-old. He's going to be earning, I don't know how much. It'll probably make me cry if I find out how much he's earning. <laughs> <laughs> but he could easily do that. But he is thinking about his career in the same way that Jaden Sancho thought. Okay, let's go and play. Let's go and actually play rather than watch. I think he is. I think he's smart, and he's he also seems very sensible. 
we've seen a number of quotes come from him over the past few days of him saying, I don't want to go on strike. So players like uh, Usman Dembele went on strike at Dortmund. Obama Yang went on strike also at Dortmund. So maybe it's kind of like a culture thing of that club. Um, so he is in a position where he could easily go on strike and benefit from picking up a paycheck every week. But he's thinking about his career. And if he can see his career at Bayern, then Bayern will obviously reciprocate that. So I think he's, I think he could be the real deal. Sebastian, I want to turn to you with the same question. Um, since you are a resident German, how's he? Mm-hmm. How's the media uh, reacting to all this over there? Do they kind of rate him as highly, or they think this is a bit, you know, too big of a gamble for Bayern? Yeah, I think uh, there are different, really different positions here. Uh, a lot of the fans obviously may um, kind of make fun of it, as I was uh, hinting before. But uh, the media is, yeah, a bit divided on that. So some uh, buy into the, the whole hype, uh, also compare him to Sancho. Also, the uh, the media has been doing that uh, and expect him to be kind of the new Sancho. Um, and and as you said, Sancho is really very uh, highly uh, evaluated here in Germany right now, uh, which I think is even a bit crazy. Uh making him the m- most expensive uh, player of the Bundesliga. I think that's going a bit far there. But, yeah. So, yeah, really bit kind of divided on that. Um, I also wanted, wanted to add, I think I can perfectly understand uh, that uh, Hudson Odoi doesn't, doesn't really want to stay at Chelsea at this point uh, after how they have been handling this whole situation. That what, what was uh, really baffled me uh, about this whole about this whole issue. Uh what, uh, the different the different people at Chelsea talking different stuff and uh, Sarri saying saying uh, yeah he should be he should be happy with the time he has been given and also n- definitely not wanting him to leave that that was so confusing I, I really didn't understand what was happening there. Well, and on top of that, you have um, they just bought uh, Pulisic from um, mm-hmm. Dortmund, and so you have. And I know he's not going to be playing for them until you know next season. But at the same time, like that's that's a guy that's coming in at the same position um, as Hudson Odoi, and um, and you just paid seventy million for him. So unless you're planning on playing him in addition, or uh, you're expecting other guys to go out this summer, I don't know. It's just kind of bizarre when. They're, you know everything that they're saying in in the media is uh, that you know we 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 want to give him playing time and you know he's a major part of us going forward and then you but then everything that they're doing in the transfer market and what they're doing you know with the teams that they're putting out on the pitch it doesn't the actions and the words don't seem to line up and so you know that's it's just kind of it's kind of humorous at this point. It's frustrating, but it's kind of humorous at this point to have, you know, you, you hear um, the Chelsea manager talking about, um, you know, that it's disrespectful and, you know, now they're trying to look into like what, what they can go to FIFA with, you know, against Bayern for, you know, whatever. But I, all that left me with wondering is like, how much is, uh, is sorry involved in transfers? (laughs) Because it seems like he he doesn't really know how they work, and so um, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting uh, as well. Just that um, Salihamidzic has been so open about it. You know, uh, the fact that you know, with all the vitriol that's coming out of uh, Chelsea towards Bayern, that they they're kind of doubling down and saying, no, okay, yeah, yeah, we hear you. Uh, we still definitely won that player, and we've we're willing to offer this much money, and we're you know be very open about it. It's kind of I don't know. I I enjoy. I'm sure that um, non Bayern fans they hate it, and um, that's that's fine. They're allowed to do that. But uh, but it's been it's been an interesting transfer window um, from from a from a Hudson Adoy perspective, but also from, from all the other names that have been kind of bandied about. Um, so. But we still got a, a little bit left in it, right? So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get that done. Okay, one final question on uh, Hudson Adoy. 
and I want to tie in another Bayern player, and that's Alfonso Davies. How would, let's say the deal goes through, how would the hudson Adoy deal affect Alfonso Davies going forward in your eyes? For me, I think that... Um... I think that they could play on the pitch at the same time, potentially. I think that you're also looking at a player that, uh, in, in Davies, that is probably, I mean, I think he will be Bayern quality. I think he has the, that, that talent level in him, and I think he has that work ethic to him. Um, but I also could very easily see him being a player that they, you know, put on loan for a little bit um, or you know, you can kind of move him around on the pitch too, I believe. I think, cause I think he's played striker for uh, Vancouver Whitecaps at some point. And um, I don't know. I think that with, when they're both, I mean, cause they're both so young, I mean, they still have some flexibility too in how you can um, move them around on the pitch. Obviously they have their best spot, which seems like it's on the right wing. Um, but uh yeah, I I don't know that it affects it too much other than it just gives Bayern some more options and um yeah. I completely agree. I th- I don't think it's going to have that big of an impact. Um but earlier when we were talking about uh like the the first question I can't remember what it was that I had a point that um with Robin and Ribery leaving um Bayern are going to have to make wholesale changes very, very quickly. So every team around is going to know, oh, they need wingers. Okay, double the prices. So when Man City had uh, Zabaleta, Kolarov, Clichy uh, and Sanglia, they got rid of all of them. And all of a sudden you need to fill in four fullbacks. And I think all of them were like world record transfers mm-hmm. or like they were all like the four most expensive fullback transfers. Because like, a, a player's value is really is what they're worth to the club that they're at. Um, and so if you can see that the team needs somebody like uh, like Hudson-Odoi, because very quickly Bayern have gone from having five wingers to now only having three potentially um, at the start of next season. Um, I think there's going to be space in the squad because... Well, if only for the fact that everybody is massively injury prone, I think there's there's always <laughs> going to be the chance that um, that Davies and if he does go, uh, Hudson Odoi could play together this season. Um, like there may even be a chance that they will be the first choice wingers because the other players aren't available yet. Yeah, and I know you're kidding, but I mean honestly, I can see all four being down. Because right now, I don't know when Arjen Robin's going to be back on the pitch. His date keeps getting pushed back and back. And then Ribery just picked up another injury. So right now we have three going into the season. It wouldn't be any, or the second half of the season, sorry. It wouldn't be anything to see um, Coman, especially, or Nabry go down like that. And so, you know, next thing you know, Alfonso Davies is, you know, starting two weeks into his Bayern career. Um, but no, I think you're absolutely right. I'd rather, if we're going to go for Hudson Adoy, I didn't, I didn't weigh in earlier, but. I think go all in for him now because if you wait till the summer he may have less contract left but I don't think the price is going to go that far down and we've talked about this on I think the last podcast we did and it's better to get someone now and let them have that extra six months to integrate to learn under uh, Robin and Ribery than wait till the summer and then try and make all these like wholesale changes like you said Um, and then you know, try and rebuild the squad completely. Uh, it's better to have a little bit of an overstock right now and then lose some later on. So I think you're spot on with that. Okay, so last time we talked, there was another transfer rumor that we were pretty confident was going to go through, and that was uh, a deal for Atletico's Lucas Hernandez. And those rumors have really cooled down recently. It kind of seems like that's not going to happen until the summer, if it happens at all. Um, Bayern said that they didn't want to sustain their relationship with Atletico Madrid. They didn't want to make that go bad, so they'll they'll back off. Um, do you think that's a good move from the Bavarians, or do you think they really should have gone in for this transfer in the winter? 
I don't think we need him in the winter. Uh, I, I don't think we necessarily uh, need a center back, and uh, not right now is what I'm saying. And if we need one right now, it would be much easier to just convince Stuttgart uh, to hand Pava over right now. Uh, that that should not be a problem, really. So I don't think we need him in the winter. And I think we all have been blinded a bit by our assumption how Bayern usually uh, approaches transfers. I think none of us could have expected uh, that this is not the usual way Bayern does things. So if you get these big news and if the kicker and those magazines are basically very, very sure that Bayern is serious about that, you usually don't get that if they are not very, very close to actually signing the guy. And I think that's why, uh, yeah, we got a bit overboard with that maybe. Uh, and we're, we're a bit too quick to yeah, assume that this is actually going to happen. But I, but I think in the future, it's not so unlikely that he's still becoming a, a player at Bayern Munich. Just not right now. And I think that, that that's all right, basically. I just want something to happen, really. I think we need to sign some players. Probably uh, one player would be good. Two players would be better. But of all the players that have been, uh, the people have been talking about, he's the guy we don't need as fast. Basically, I think. I think that you're right, and uh, but the 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 one, the one reason that it is a bit troubling that he that it hasn't happened is just that it looks like as of right now, that if if hudson Adoy comes over, then our, the two big winter moves, so to speak, would be getting Alfonso Davies into the squad and then signing and getting another winger. And all of the, the Henry that we were talking about, we need, we need help in the back. We need, you know, center back depth. We need full back depth. And to not get any sort of, um, and, and I guess I should go back, not center back depth so much as center back youth. We need to, you know, get younger and faster there. Um, to not see any of that happen in this winter transfer window, um, it would be a little bit disheartening, but I, I think you're right. We don't, he's not a necessity. Uh, it's not going to be the move that keeps us from, uh, winning the the Bundesliga or whatever other competition you want to you want to name and and I do think that it was a lot of like here's this flashy name this big name it's totally different than what Bayern typically do how exciting let's talk about it um that's what we do as fans and that's uh that's uh I think that's okay I just uh I wasn't aware that the Atletico Madrid relationship was was so good that it was worth uh, worth keeping intact. But hey, you know, they know what they're doing. I I assume. Well, evidently, we value our relationship with them much, much, much more than we do our relationship with Chelsea. <laughs> um, Sebastian, you kind of hinted that even if we don't sign Hernandez and we do sign Hudson Odoi, you won't be completely satisfied. Um, you think that we still need another transfer. So what what do you think that one should yeah. be? I guess uh, you kind of can already guess uh, what, what I would like to see here. I think we definitely need a ride back. That That's uh, what we need to do. And what frustrates me about nothing, uh, hearing nothing about that is it would be so simple. Much easier, much less problematic than the other moves we have all been talking about. A, cent- a, a ride back would cost half the price tag of Hudson Odoi and maybe a fourth of the price tag of, of Lucas Hernandez, really. We could get a perfectly serviceable right back for 20 million who also has his future in front of him, who's like 20, 22 years old or something like that. We could get a guy like that who can play right back immediately, who, who's a young guy. That would be perfect. And I think it would be so easy. And yeah, it would just be a, one move that we don't have to do in the summer. One thing we can get out of the way right now relatively easily. Do you have anyone in mind you'd recommend? Of course, uh, you know my guy from Ajax. Uh, I would still stick with him. But there are other possibilities, obviously. I think there are right-backs out there we, we, could, we could get, uh, which would, would perfectly work. I think you're right. You're, we're looking for a Rafinha replacement more than anything right now. And that 
and that and if you get that now while you still have Rafinha, you know, there's that depth that we're looking for. And um, because, you know, as much as we've talked about it, we don't want to see Rafinha as the weekly, you know, every game starting right back. And, and we've talked about wanting to put Kimmich, um, you know, solely at defensive midfield. That aside, I mean, if you can put Rafinha in, you know, Rafinha B into that spot, then, you know, I think that you're in good shape. And so, and like you said, it shouldn't be that hard to do. Uh, you would think that you would be able to find some player, um, but maybe they're just, they're just looking for the right fit and they just have not identified that player just yet. Um, but I, it doesn't seem like it should be that hard to, to, to locate um, when that's your job. I can't think of anybody, but I also don't know the pool and I haven't been watching. So like, I'm not on the hook for that. So uh, that's, that, that would be my wish for, for, for the winter window as well. Um, is, is get some right back depth. And it goes right back to that point that Tim made just a second ago. I'm talking about Manchester City and in our whole winger situation. If we wait until the summer, then we have David Alaba and Joshua Kimmich, who we want to move into midfield anyway, as our only two uh, fullbacks. And so when you try and go buy somebody at that point, clubs know that, okay, that's an area of need. They're willing to spend. They have to spend so we can raise this price up uh, a little bit more. So... I think um, even if we don't want Kimmich to move in, or if the club doesn't want Kimmich to move into midfield for the for the long-term future, which I think they do, but even if they don't, it still makes more sense to go ahead and get that backup player now because you do have Benjamin Pavard coming, but even, you know, Brazo said today he's more of a center back. Uh, they see his future in the, in the center of defense, not as a fullback. So I honestly... I can't understand why we're not at least seeing, you know, rumors that Bayern are scouting a player or that they're out mm -hmm. there looking. Uh, it just kind of seems like, other than hudson Adoy, they're ready to just go into the second half of the season as is, and that's kind of a scary proposition. Especially given the injury mm -hmm. uh, history of this squad. I, and going in with three, you know, potential, I guess potentially four if you count, Goretzka um, as a as a possible fullback option. You just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to keep just ignoring that issue. Um, and it doesn't sound like you know a back three is even remotely a possibility, um, given some of uh, Kovac's recent statements. So I don't know. I, I know we had talked in, um, in chat, and I had kind of mentioned that, that uh, Kevin and Babu from. Uh, young boys in uh in switzerland as being a guy that i kind of like as a player that maybe isn't going to become an all-world right back but is is maybe rafinha light and that he's 23 years old he's i i think his transfer market values are hovering around nine or ten mil and um and that would be another body that you know can do it who's played champions league minutes who's you know um it, but it seems like now it sounds like he might be getting some interest from schalke and possibly i can't remember what the other team was augsburg maybe um but that would be a, a guy that of that of that type that you you'd think would be fairly easy to find and fairly easy to 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 get i mean but i don't know maybe they have their reasons, uh, I guess. I assume that they have their reasons. Tim, you haven't weighed in yet. Do you think that Byron should be going in for a fullback in the winter? Do you think there's any other moves they, they might should make this winter? Yeah, I think they should. Um, I, I have to disagree with you, Sebastian. I think that actually, well, to an extent, I I don't think Lucas Hernandez was... The, the be all end or we have to sign him in the winter. I don't I don't think that's the case at all. I think Bayern need to buy a fullback this winter just because it is you've got three two and a half people that can play fullback. Okay, Kimmich is Kimmich was the half because he is 
likely to move to midfield. I immediately thought uh, Rafinha is the half. No, no, no. You, <laughs> Not you from really term. don't know me at all. Um, He's the two. <laughs> yeah, he makes up most of them. I don't even know uh, who David Alaba guy is. Um, but you've got you've got three players where you really need probably like at least four. Mm. So I'm I'm not a maths expert, but that's like you need at least one more person. And I don't know if it's going to be as simple as just getting somebody from from the um, from the second team. Um, we saw in the, the Telecom Cup, uh, Longvince. Never heard of this guy before, but he did okay. He did okay for 45 minutes against a weak Gladback. But hey, it's something. It's it, I don't know. It's just a matter of. It's it's a role that needs to be filled. I guess my question would be, Sebastian, you kind of recommend getting someone either younger or someone that's not mm-hmm. a depth signing, I guess you could say. If if we're going to move Joshua Kimmich, who I will go ahead and say is the best right back in the world at the moment, and I don't think too many would disagree with that. If we're going to move him away from right back, don't you think we should get a more capable uh, right back to fill in? Don't you think we should get someone who's first team Bayern quality, um, at least a significant step up from Rafinha? Um yeah, I think I think the guys we have been talking about are a significant step uh, up from Rafinha. So, yeah, I, I would I would be fine with uh, signing this uh, world world star uh, right back, but I just don't see him out there. Uh, I mean, who who would you? Uh, are there any names out there who we could reasonably get who is this world class right back uh, that would be available? Uh, in any kind of fashion, I don't know. Uh, I think that that would would be a bigger problem. It's probably something that's not going to happen in the winter. So that that's why I would I would say let's get some somebody we can get we can we can get quickly and easily in the winter. And if we're not not completely uh, completely happy with him in summer, we can still uh, address this position again. So that that really should not be such a big issue. And um, I would also like to add that yeah. Kimmich, Kimmich probably makes our uh, defense better if he plays on the right back position, but he also makes our midfield way better when he plays on the six. So it's a trade off anyway. Yeah, you're not doing a like for like replacement um, with Kimmich one either way, and uh, because you know we do we do rate him as the best fullback, a uh, right back in the world, and so uh, the question when it comes to Kimmich is is he is Bayern better? Is Kimmich at right back with, you know, midfielder X better than uh, Kimmich at midfield and right back X? And that's kind of where the debate mm. is. So, um, but it, because if you're going to if you're going to move Kimmich into midfield, then you're going to end up with you know just some guy at right back because there aren't there just aren't that many out there that you look at and you're like this is a guy that you have to have um, cuz think about the fact that we are talking about the best right back in the world and we want to move him to midfield uh, that in and of itself speaks to where what where at least we all rate the position um, and and the relative lack of great players that that play there so um, i and and again, we know Rafinha's leaving. Um, isn't that? Or do we know that? Yeah, he's leaving. <laughs> it's been summer. a long break. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's leaving. So we know we have to replace him anyway. Do that now while we are still in this transitional period of moving Kimmich to right back or whatever. Um, it still gives you that flexibility, um, but brings along a guy that maybe you know can can develop into that right back that you feel really good about replacing Kimmich with um, long-term. Yeah, I think it says a lot about the position, too, that if you ask, you know, who are the top five right-backs in the world, Danny Alves' name is still being brought up. Um, You know, a 30, (laughs) 35, 36-year-old guy. So, yeah, I mean, there may not be too many capable replacements, so maybe Sebastian's right in that you find someone who has the potential to be first-team quality and, you know, just kind kind of bank on it there. 
Um, one, one more final question about the transfer window. And we talked a lot about Byron buying, but is there anyone that you think Byron should be looking to sell uh, over this January window in the last you know two weeks that we have left? Um, Tim, I'll go ahead and go to you first. The player that comes to mind is Sandro Wagner, but <laughs> then that means that Bayern would have to buy another player to replace him. He just hasn't done it this year. He hasn't done what he did towards the end of last year. Um, whether that was like last year was just a fluke and he had several of the best games that he's ever played or this year he's just in a slump. Um, I I read on on Reddit uh, somebody saying that I I can't believe that people were calling for for Sandro Wagner to start the Real Madrid games last season. I was one of those players. Um, I was one of those fans even, sorry. Um, Because he... When he's when he was on, he was playing in a way that was reminiscent of like Mandzukic or Olic, um, somebody that was, you know, going. He was going to get his hands dirty and he was going to fight for the ball. And he had showed, uh, he had shown. Sorry, that's really bad English. Uh, he had shown that he was um, that he was capable of, you know, playing for the team. And at that point, Lewandowski wasn't doing that. And now. This season, Lewandowski is doing that, and he's working well with everybody around him. Uh, you can see that he genuinely does want to be there. So maybe it is just a, a case of he's in bad form, but he's the player that, that sticks out the most for me, him or Javi Martinez, um, which is a shame because I really like Javi Martinez. If if we were to sell Wagner, do we really have to get a replacement? Because even with him in the squad, and maybe y'all disagree, I would put Serge Gnabry at striker over Wagner. I would put Thomas Muller at striker, at striker over Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd maybe even give Xerxes some first-team minutes, and I know that takes him away from the second team, but put him there over Wagner because it's when he's on the pitch, it's almost like we have 10 men. Um, and I think it says a lot in the, in the Telecom Cup. The second game, he was the only player who didn't score his penalty for Bayern. Uh, and I think that's just adding. And it was a pretty, it was a poor penalty if you if you watched it. And I think that says a lot about the psychology that you know that he's going through right now. I think he kind of knows that his fairy tale uh, may be coming to an end sooner rather than later. Um, if not in the winter, then I would assume definitely in the summer. Yeah, I, well, part of me wonders if that whole fairy tale story has kind of got to him like he's accepted it as like oh i've arrived and um because uh, like tim said you know they it seemed like he he had all those qualities of like he's gonna fight for the ball he's gonna you know he's gonna do those that dirty work that you know other players may not and it doesn't seem like that's there um anymore um maybe he'll turn around in the second half i guess but uh but yeah he would be one that i would say we might want to go ahead and move on from um but overall i don't my my feeling is i don't know that there's anybody that has to go this winter um especially given the the injuries that have kind of shown up uh because there's really no one blocking you know, anybody from playing, uh, I mean, other than, you know, Ribery and, and Robin who are right now injured. Um, there's nobody that I'm looking at saying, well, if only we didn't have him on the squad, you know, that would really open things up for, you know, this better player to, to come in and, and be a world beater. So, um, if they don't sell anybody, uh, of note that I'll be okay with that. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't. Like I said, I, I guess Sandro Wagner would be would be a player um, that would fall to that level of kind of a guy I wouldn't mind seeing move on. But um, but I I would kind of stand pat on the transfer out market. Yeah, we are already tied for the smallest squad in the Bundesliga. We are still playing uh, in th- three different uh, uh, three different competitions. Uh, we are more injury prone than most other squads, 
So really, there, there's there should not be in a hurry to sell any players. I would be fine if if Wagner left. All right, it, it would not hurt my heart all that much. I I would think. Uh, uh, I would be fine with Javi Martinez leaving. He's probably all, uh, uh, anyway. He's leaving anyway in the summer. So yeah, I guess there's enough depth uh, at this position. And if he's if he's leaving anyway, I would be fine with that. But there's really no need. There's really no hurry here. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I would just do nothing uh, on that side. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think even even though we don't need him, there's no. I mean, let's assume Lewandowski goes down. And then, you know, Serge Gnabry goes down. Um, you're forced, you know, you got to put... Thomas Muller is probably on the wing at that point anyway. So you're <laughs> looking at Sandro Wagner having to play up top. Uh, so, yeah, maybe not sell in the winter, but I think it's... Uh, go ahead and... Uh, it's time to go ahead and get the fax machine out and, you know, start sending out the names to a couple other clubs. Um, letting them know who, who is, mm-hmm. is not available. Right, so Byron spent their annual week, uh, week-long winter training camp in Doha again this this winter break, and um, they returned. They're ready for their first game coming up against Hoffenheim on Friday. But before we get to the upcoming games in the second half of the season, uh, let's ta- let's discuss a little bit the location of Byron's training camp because they've had their ties with Cotter since the winter camp was held there in 2011. Um, that's when it all began. I did a little research and. The ties have only grown stronger since then, and we saw last season they had um, the airport logo on their on their sleeve. This year they stepped it up. They've got Qatar Airways on their sleeve. Um, we've already talked about this a little bit. Um, giving Qatar's poor human rights record, do you see this as a problem for Bayern Munich? And Sebastian, I'll go ahead and turn to you since you are in Germany. I know there's <laughs> been a lot of activism about this over there. Um, is this a problem for Bayern? In my opinion, it, it is a problem, uh, and I don't really see uh, what they are trying to achieve there. I guess there's a bit of money in there, but uh, I wonder, on the one hand, is this really sustainable? Is this really going to be such a huge market for the future? Uh, we, don't, we don't know what's, go- what's going to happen on, on the Arabian Peninsula in, in the future. Uh, oil is going to run out at some point. Uh, we don't know where they are going uh, in terms of business, if if there's uh, so much money to be made down there, I'm also not a huge fan of uh, yeah doing too much cooperation uh, with China, uh, which many clubs are also doing. But I think this this is uh, even way worse. Um, I think some people tend to tend to think Qatar is at least not as bad as Saudi Arabia, but uh, that that doesn't really that doesn't really make me all that happy. I think a good comparison to what's happening there is uh, I don't know if any of you guys are watching the WWE and their issue with uh, their uh, Tim t- Tim at least know, knows what I'm saying. Um, we have been seeing this. Uh, I'm I'm not huge into wrestling uh, myself, uh, but um, what, what, from what ha- we have been seeing there, they had two huge uh, huge events in Saudi Arabia, and there has been a lot of backlash. Uh, way worse. Not not the not the pay-per-view called backlash anyway uh, no there has been a has been a big backlash <laughs> for them uh way bigger than uh what what Bayern has has been uh has been experiencing over the whole Doha thing so yeah you you should not push that too far uh, and uh, at some point uh it's going to be a problem i think and also from an ethical standpoint why would you do that is there so much money in there maybe maybe you know more about that but I think it's 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 not worth it. It's really not worth it. It's interesting that you brought up the money because, well, Rumeniga, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge said that you, he wants to separate completely politics and, and football. And you know that's basically impossible. You're, you're a corporation. You're a business. What you do is going to make that political statement. But you, you brought up money. And the only, not the only problem, but the biggest problem I see with this is it comes across really hypocritical because Byron is all Mia San Mia. You know, we've made our money the traditional way. We don't want a corporation, you know, the 50 plus one rule. We're, we're all about that and that we don't need foreign money to help us. You know, we'll do it our way. And then you're doing these kind of deals on the side 
and you know to say that you're still doing it the traditional way but you know we're getting this sleeve sponsorship and we're spending our winter training camps over there that just is really hypocritical for me um at this point you know if you're gonna do the sleeve sponsorship just go all in make them the kit sponsor um (laughs) don't try and you know put them off to the side because everyone Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna get criticized no matter what um it's obviously about the money that's why they're doing it and they're trying to act like they're still the traditional Bayern who make their money the old-fashioned way. And I, that's that really leaves a bad taste uh, bad taste in my mouth, aside from all the human rights issues that are going on over there. And, you know, like you said, from an ethical standpoint, that's, it's just a really questionable decision anyway. And it's a ticking time bomb, really. Uh, you, you never know when, when something like the Khashoggi, is it Khashoggi or Khashoggi? I still don't know what's the right pronunciation for the guy. Uh, Anyway, uh, whenever something like that is going to happen with Qatar, you, 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 you're into huge trouble suddenly. And I, I don't know why you would risk that just for the money. Yeah, and like, yeah, like you're saying, if, as we approach the 2022 World Cup and as we get closer and closer, all these issues are mm-hmm. coming out one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I would hate to... Be, you know, have Byron be one of the main names associated with all mm-hmm. that when everything rises to the fore. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, ticking time bomb, like you said. Everybody is hating this World Cup. Nobody wants it. And yeah, do we really want to be tied to that? I don't think so. Another thing, surely Byron should do something about this because there's, I, I don't know a single fan who is for this deal. Um, mm. I don't know a single person who sees the sleeve sponsorship and is like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely buying that kit now. <laughs> um, but we do know that there's plenty of fans, Tim among them, who's not buying a kit this season simply because of you know the deal that's going on on the sleeve. So it's just frustrating, and I don't know if if there's really a way out of it for them now because they have signed you know however mm. long of a contract. Um, maybe they can they can pull out, but I think we've We've gotten into a mess, and it's going to end messy no matter which way it ends. Bayern returned against Hoffenheim on Friday and have something to prove in the second half of the season, I would say. Um, Julian Nagelsmann's side, they've been struggling a little bit this season. They're still doing okay. Um, But, you know, a win against them away from home is by no means a formality for Bayern. So uh, one question going in, since we've we've got a lot of players returning from fitness finally, um, some players have been injured since since the uh, winter break began. If you're Niko Kovac, who are you starting for this match? And I'm I'm really concerned mostly about who you're putting in midfield, uh, right behind the striker, and then what's your back line looking like? Sebastian, I'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, I guess the toughest the toughest thing about this again is that I would love Kimmich to be in the midfield, but I would love Rafinha to be uh, as far from the pitch as possible. Uh, <laughs> so I, I guess I'm going with, with Kimmich on the right side. And I, and I would think uh, Las Lucas May has not been uh, playing well enough uh, to warrant uh, 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 yeah, to be in the, in the starting eleven. So I would go uh, with Kimmich uh, with Hummels at the moment. He uh, going with the basically with the hot hand here. Uh, of course, with Zule and with Alaba. Mm, that leaves me uh, in the midfield with uh, I would say Thiago uh, and Goretzka. Uh, going on uh, rather obviously, I think uh, with uh, with Koman, uh, with Nabri, uh, with Müller. And with Lewandowski, I would not start Hamas immediately. Yeah, exactly the same for me. I would I I would agree that you know maybe you think about uh, putting Hamas in uh, in place of perhaps Muller um, just to kind of see or get kind of used to you know not having him for those Champions League games. But those are so far away. At this point, that um, you just go with who you know is what you know works, and 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 um, go from there, and and bring Hamas on later in the in the match, and mm. 
and and go from there. I, I you need to bring Hamas in. I think I think he does yeah. need to play. But um, but as far as the starting eleven goes, I agree one hundred percent with uh, with Sebastian's. Tim, Tim, you in agreement? Because I'll go ahead and say that that's my starting eleven. Uh, Neuer in goal, obviously, but that's my. Yeah, I'm exactly <laughs> exactly with you. Same reasons, I think. I think Hamas needs a lot of time on the pitch. I'm, you know, I wouldn't even be opposed to him playing the whole second half, um, depending mm-hmm. on how things go, but. Uh, start with Muller, who's, you know, going into the winter break, had those Bundesliga games under his belt. Um, Tim, agree or switch anything? I'd put uh, a midfield of Thiago and Sanchez. Hmm. Um, I thought Sanchez performed quite well in the Telecom, in the telecom Cup. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only choice that I'd... That's the only difference I'd make. Okay. Well, uh, Garrett, you kind of talked about the need to get James fit and ready for those Champions League games coming up. Now, obviously, there are six matches that Bayern have to focus on before we face Liverpool, um, but we do know that Thomas Muller is going to be out right now for both of those games, um, possibly just one, depending on how the appeal goes. Uh, for me, I think getting James fit and in form is, is really crucial for Niko Kovac over the next four weeks heading into those games. Um, is there anything else that you guys think Kovac should be focusing on heading into this Liverpool tie. Keeping clean sheets, conceding, obviously conceding as few goals as possible, um, as well as keeping up that discipline of everybody comes back to defend. So I, I really like the four four one one that Bayern played in the last few games uh, towards the end of last year, and I'd like to see more of that. Uh, I'd like to see more Serge Gnabry playing. I think he's. Absolutely incredible. Probably, I, I think he was Bayern's best player towards the end of the season, uh, towards the end of the year, I should say. Um, defensive stability and uh, more clinical in front of goal. Bayern won a trophy without scoring a single goal. That's impressive, but also cause for concern. They were the only, the only team in the tournament to not score a goal, and still they won. still won. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah. <laughs> for me, um, I I think I I agree 100 percent that the clean sheets need to be a focus, and um, I I don't know that it's a it's a necess uh, necessarily it's a necessity, but um, I I would like to see um, Alfonso Davies plenty, not a t- not a ton, but like I'd like to see him um, getting some some play and, and, and linking up in, in real games. Um, he fared fairly well in the telecom cup, but, um, and, and obviously he's got a ways to go still, but I'd, I'd like to see him get some run, especially, um, with Robin and Ribery out and, um, come on having the injury history he has. And, uh, and, and it seems like, uh, we still don't want to play, uh, Gnabry, uh, 90 minutes anyway so uh, if you're going to do that let's stick the kid on and, and, and see what he can do you think we should um, see some of him against Hoffenheim maybe I don't know about Hoffenheim I think the, the first the first match for him get him in the atmosphere get him have him in the team um, get him in there uh, warming up on the side and you know experiencing a Bundesliga match in all its glory and then um and kind of slowly work him in i i mean he's been he's been with the team quote unquote for you know a few months now i think but um but actually being in um in the team and 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 in the stadium i think will be a big thing for him um so i i don't need to see him in the in the hoffenheim match I would say, even in more general terms, uh, I would love to see more of the more of the young guys get in several minutes uh, of playing time. That would be nice. Uh, of course, uh, Davies is one of the most important ones, uh, but I would love to just have a bit more consistency there. Just give giving young guys twenty, thirty minutes uh, in every match, basically. Uh, yeah, th- that should be possible. That should be fine. 
I just want to get rid of these strange, very strange substitutions uh, where you bring in a guy who is not going to do anything in the last five minutes or something like that, just for I don't know what. Yeah, and on Davies, um, we don't know when Robin or Ribery will come back. We can assume whatever the date is right now that it's going to be pushed back. And I think it's important to get minutes under his belt and, you know, just in case you go into the Liverpool tie and Nabry Coman get injured and he has to go in. Um, same thing, I would say, if hudson Adoy does make it over, I think, it, you know, integrate him the same way. Take it slowly, but make sure that he's getting at least some minutes, some experience under his belt with the team, you know, just in case things things go bad. So that's all the time that we have for today. Um, you can follow us at Twitter, interact with us there at, at SuperByronPod. Shoot us an email at superbyronpod at gmail.com. Um, you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever podcast catcher you use. Um, if you look and we're not on there, let us know on Twitter. Send us an email. Let us know, and, and we'll do our best to get on there as soon as we can. Uh, if you've enjoyed us, please leave, it, leave us a like, leave a rating, review. Go out and tell all your friends about us. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.